from our studios in New York City and Miami, Florida. You are listening to The Striking Corner with Eric Rivera and Vinny Scotto. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Striking Corner Podcast. I am your host, Eric Rivera, as always joined by my good friend, Vinny Scotto. What is up, man? How's everything going? Good. All How's right. everything with you? Good, good, man. Everything's good. Um, you know, we're still in this situation, but today uh, we hope to bring you some, at least some good news or positive news that you can use to uh, help you during this whole time. But before we get all to that, before we get to that, remember to follow us on social media at Striking Corner on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also on our website, www.strikingcorner.com. As for my uh, personal Instagram, you can follow me at Eric Rivera underscore TSC. Vinny, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, on Instagram at Vinny Scotto. Awesome. All right. And uh, as always, um, we uh, have some good friends that always have been supporting us for quite some time here on the Striking Corner podcast. Uh, for today's episode, it is brought to you by Fight City Muay Thai and Fitness. That is in 7 Pitts Bay Road, Hamilton, Bermuda. And the owners and coaches there are Chuck Morgan and Nikki Stout. The, program in, the programs that they offer are ring-tested Muay Thai, specializing in transforming beginners to ring-ready athletes. They provide uh, Thai boxing for fitness and weight loss, doing some great things over there in Bermuda, um, beautiful island of Bermuda. So check them out. If you are on the island, that is Fight City Muay Thai and Fitness. So uh, today we actually have, uh, you know, we have a special guest. He's a good friend of ours, somebody we really respect. He is uh, the judge and referee, uh, USMF Judge and Referee Commission, the head of the Judge and uh, Referee Commission. He is also the um, instructor at Pittsburgh Muay Thai. And as well, he is an epidemiologist as well. So during these these times of COVID-19, he brings a lot of expertise to the table. So we would... uh, Definitely can't wait to speak with him, and he's none other than Stefan Strottmeyer. And, uh, you know, give him a warm welcome, and we will, we will be right back in a few seconds with Stefan. The Striking Corner. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Striking Corner. And uh, as we had mentioned, we have our good friend, Stefan Strottmeyer from Pittsburgh Muay Thai. Um, he is also the USMF, the head of the Judges and Referees Commission for the USMF as well. Um, we've done a lot of work with him and talked a lot about him when we've talked about uh, refing and judging currently and all the great things they're doing with uh, trying to standardize or get people educated on the rule set for Muay Thai here in America for international Muay Thai competition. But uh, we're also bringing him t- uh, today uh, in another, as well in another, you know, capacity is that, uh, and a lot of us didn't know, um, was that uh, Stefan is also an epidemiologist. And for those of you that might not know what that big word means, it probably didn't mean anything to you or you didn't care before COVID-19. But now that COVID-19 has come around, um, you guys might know what that is. And he basically... Uh, what is that? Is the study of infectious diseases? Is that kind of what it is? Or uh, yeah, so study study of epidemics, uh-huh, literally. Correct. 
you know, I know, I know a lot of people will see the word and think that um, we're, we're essentially dermatologists. They think epidermis <laughs> from like, you know, science classes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, lit- it literally is the, the science, you know, and the study of the epidemics. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I guess, I guess we'll start off with that, man, in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, it is a crazy time um, right now with COVID-19. I think there's, and I think this will be a little bit of a different podcast, but it'll be great because, you know, the one thing that we have with you, if we've, we've gone way back. We know you, we've, we've trained with you and trained with the, you know, um, guys that were your students and now have gyms of their own. And you've been doing a lot of great things for the sport. But now that this has come around, I mean, it must be kind of strange for you that now your worlds have sort of collided. Uh, I don't think right. you've ever thought that that was going to happen, you know? Um, right. But yeah, I mean, those were, those were almost uh, at some point mutually exclusive, you know, like your vocation, avocation kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the only time it ever intersected before was, you know, when I was, when I was looking at injuries, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of like mm-hmm. doing studies with Muay Thai fighters, wanting to know about their injury patterns, um, wanting to know about like head trauma and head injuries, but like to actually think that it would intersect with an infectious disease. Um, I, I wouldn't have predicted that. So well, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a, like an interesting time. Like, well, you, you mentioned the, you know, the study of like head trauma and all that. Yeah. And I was saying, I was saying before, like, that's how I knew that you were in the medical field, but I didn't know exactly what it was you did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. We, a lot of people, I guess, probably know that you were in the medical field, just not exactly. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like Chandler from Friends. <laughs> nobody, Wait, nobody really knows what you do. What do you do? He's just, he's just Stefan, the Muay Thai guy. That's all we yeah, thought he really yeah, did with his life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then when I, and then when I go to work and people are like, whoa, wait, what do you do? Yeah. Well, so why do you do that? Didn't you, didn't you research head trauma in, in, in Muay Thai and combat sports? And I'm like, yes, yes. And they're like, so why do you do it? So nobody <laughs> like, well, that's, that's a whole other story. But yeah. I was like, no, to, to, to help, you know, understand the patterns and, you know, like you study, you study the injuries and you can help share that information. I mean, so that people know like, Hey, when you get into the sport, here's, here's what can happen. Um, unless you take precautions, train smartly. Um, and that's, that's kind of what we're doing next, right? Like, how do we get, how do we get back into this sport, um, and train in a, in a smart way that, you know, acknowledges the, the, the science of this disease as best we can so early on, um, and, and kind of get back to what many of us really like, like, like thrive on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there, you know, you guys know so many people that this is essentially their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are struggling right now, you know, not just, you know, fighters being not, not able to train and, and compete, but, um, all of those coaches out there that are just kind of hoping that they can get maybe SBA loans or personal paycheck protection and things like that. And, and now that we're starting to see uh, rates go down across the country and going different phases, you know, my, my thought was um, I'm doing that for myself. I'm doing that for my own program. I'm, I'm doing that for our, you know, bigger parent gym. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I can, you know, with, a, with an hour or so of, you know, kind of, you know, talking to even Vinny the other day, it's like, we, we can run through your facility, we can look at protocols, and, and we can try to develop, you know, from epidemiologic uh, evidence, and, you know, the, the, the scientific literature that's constantly coming out every day, come up with plans that, you know, kind of exceed even just the minimum requirements put out by the CDC. 
And, and that's my thought was like to protect, you know, our sort of family across the United States as best we can so that we can so, get back to what we like. Just to be clear, you know, you being in this field. So this is real. It's not 5G that's doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no. I mean, and, and that's the thing, man. It, it, it's, uh, and I think, you know, Stefan and I, we, we did, you know, I was talking to you the other day in a chat because one of the things I realized, you know, when I, when I was like, oh shit, you know, Stefan is an epidemiologist, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we, we had that conversation and, and I think everyone is, and I was reading a lot of things. And like I said, um, I love politics, but I don't want to get political and we try to stay away from that too much on the show. Um, but you know, in this case, it's, it's kind of, unfortunately, I think COVID-19 has, has taken this really weird turn where it's like you you're either on one side or the other um when it comes to this well i mean i don't think that's for a majority of people but i think we really all three of us here and then everyone we talk to you know we talked to carl gephardt on the last show and he he does you know he's a, he's an instructor out of steel mma and what you said is very true which is people you know right now are very very uh this there's like you said this is their livelihood uh you mm -hmm. know notwithstanding you know Vinny Vinny himself his livelihood is is the gym you know um and then you know we have a lot of friends mutual friends that we see are suffering and then I see their you know I see their posts and you really do see you know when are things going to open when can I get back to work you know I'm worried if I'm going to make you know next month's rent if I'm going to if my you know if my landlord is even going to work with me you know, all these types of different situations. And, and I, what I was telling you in our chat was, you know, I come from a little bit of a different, uh, and I said this before is that I kind of, I've seen these two camps develop, which is like, let's the, the open now let's get on with our lives. And, you know, obviously I, I would say, you know, there's, there's two camps to that. It's just like, let's open and forget of, you know, forget all this other shit. Like it's like, it automatically goes away, which I don't think is the right way of doing things, but opening up with, with, you know, the guidelines and kind of like how you're working with Vinny, trying to work things correctly to make sure you are opening, but you're protecting yourself and your members and everything as well. But then there's the other side that wants to shut everything, keep everything shut down too, because they're afraid or, you know, they're, they're bite, they're going into this whole media frenzy that might be that this is, uh, a lot scarier or they're, they're, they're a lot more scared than they should be. And I think it's, everyone's kind of, uh, I feel like, man, everyone's just kind of in a, in a different situation because there's just so much information now, unfortunately, um, which is good and bad, which is, you know, you have social media, you have the media, uh, you have politicians, you have, you know, everything, everybody and has it's all true. <laughs> exactly. And everybody Everything you read is true. Exactly. Everybody has, <laughs> and we're in a world where no matter what, you know, you, anything you post is true. Anything you read is true. That YouTube video you saw is true. I mean, mm -hmm. all of those things. And whether, sure. I mean, sure, YouTube, there are great things on YouTube. I follow it myself. But then, you know, I want to, I want to also, I feel like as somebody, you know, that I, I guess tries to stay grounded in reality, that I'm going right. to go by people like such as yourself that have studied this for years and in addition to you studying, you know, epidemiology for years, you also happen to be from in a lot of ways. And I think this this is where this podcast <coughs> podcast will help is you're also somebody who's going to be able to sit down with a lot of these gym owners and come at them from something they understand and speak to them in a language right. they understand because you've you're also a Muay Thai instructor. You're also somebody who loves this sport. So, I mean, I mm -hmm. guess the to sum it all up, you know, and, and kind of get an answer from you is like. 
maybe in an easy way is how scared should people be? How worried should people be? And then, you know, what is this next step as, as we see things are opening up, what are the next steps that you feel, you know, these gyms should at least at the base adhere to? Right. So um, just, you know, your first point about like these, like two different camps. Um, I, I think, I, I think you're right. You, you get, um, you know, people on, on opposite extremes mm-hmm. um, that are, uh, and, and, and it's understandable, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, what the research is showing, a lot of people that are saying, stay home, wait for a vaccine, shut everything down, keep it in this lockdown until, the, until this goes away, right, are also most frequently coming from a place where they can telecommute, they can yeah. telework. Exactly. Or they or they have uh, a healthy enough income that uh, one parent works in the home and the other parent takes care of the kids. So school at home for them is not as much of a challenge. Um, they're financially secure. They're still working. And then you go to the other side and you have people that don't have that luxury that have to work every day. And that could be from occupations, whether it's, you know, frontline healthcare worker, you know, and that, that doesn't just, that's not just doctors, you know, and nurses, that's everyone else that's there too. It's all of the, the nursing assistants, the physician assistants, nurse practitioners, you know, it's the people that, that clean up the hospital that are exposed. It's the health, you know, um, that the, the people that are, you know, often without health care that are in jobs where they're working hourly. So they don't have the luxury of taking sick time, you know, or taking leave uh, because it's their only source of income. And it's also, we know, extremely hard now uh, to go through those hurdles for unemployment and everything. So, you know, I, I look and I, I understand the economic impact on a lot of people. So I hear that argument. I also understand the fear that comes with the virus. Um, and people that may have older relatives or relatives that are maybe have comorbidities that make them more susceptible. So I understand the, the, the shutdown on, on, you know, on one side, and I understand the reopening on the other. And I think in the middle are people that are saying there's, there are ways to leverage that, um, as we know, with you know, hit past epidemics and how we've done quarantine and how we've done things in phases and what we've done to slowly recover. And I think like that's where a lot of what we're seeing this momentum across the United States and in particular states, and then even getting down to even more local levels. Um, you know, so Pennsylvania, for example, has uh, much higher rates of infection um, and hospitalization and you know, fatalities out east towards Philadelphia, but out west where we are, you know, geographically the virus hit certain areas much earlier with higher population density, um, with people living in you know high rises and apartment buildings clustered together, it hit, it hit those groups harder than when you start to get more spread out. And as you go into the central part of the country, you know the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas, you know Wyoming, where where you have like really low population density and not much exposure, you know it's there, but but it's not having the same impact. So you know when you look at a lockdown for the entire country, it does it doesn't make sense because some areas were more affected than others. So you know one of my things is I think you need to look at it at these smaller levels. You know, sort of like uh, me- metropolitan levels, you know, where people work around the area of Pittsburgh, where are they coming from? What are their, what are their, their travel patterns? Um, uh, what's the, what are the hot points for potential community spread? Um, because what we're seeing here in our area is mostly institutional spread. 
-hmm. We're seeing it in those nursing homes and with those workers. So when you say none of the rest of us can go to a hair salon, you know, a a nail salon, you know, a, a gym at this point, and we don't see community spread, we're only seeing institutions that were supposed to be protected you know, because that was the most vulnerable population and wasn't, then you start to ask a lot of those questions about like, did we do this effectively? And are we staying in these sort of lockdown measures because there were errors in, in, in the process of how this was handled and a lot of people are being held back. So I can understand this sort of push from a lot of people that are saying, you know, what, how, how scary is this, you know, for somebody that is fit and doesn't have comorbidities and, and you get it, you know, we're hearing about, you know, the asymptomatic people, the palsy symptomatic people. And then we're hearing about the severe ICU hospitalizations and the fatalities. And when you look at that data, it's unfortunate, but it is older people in the United States that have pre-existing conditions. Mm. You know, so when you talk about like, would you, Vinny or myself be afraid? Um, You know, I'm one of those people that was exposed directly and had um, someone that I'm I'm dating, you know, be positive. And we, and we spent like one of, one of those weekend days, you know, going, going out and avoiding everyone else except for each other. Um, And then I was quarantined and in isolation and I never developed a symptom. Um, So I'm still at a point where I, I was de- denied testing, but I also haven't had an antibody test. So I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. So there's even a lot of anxiety, like, you know, going back into the gym of, I would love to know if I was or wasn't because that, that, that confirmation, you know, like if, if you, if you get a good test, that's another whole issue, yeah. how accurate testing is, um, you know, commercial tests are, are showing to be really low sensitivity and specificity, and they're being thrown out by the FDA because they race to do, you know, sort of emergency use agreements. Um, and some of those are being thrown out. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's better to be a false positive, you know, for, for tracking disease and keeping people sort of quarantined. But um, you really want to know if you're a true negative. You know, yeah. you, you really know that you didn't have it, you know, yeah. um, and if you didn't have it, then you then you can plan accordingly with how you go out. If you know that you did and it was a good antibody test and you're showing that, then you can also go out. And I'm not saying relax and not abide by any of the guidelines, but you should feel more comfortable out there and have a little less of that anxiety. We probably all have when we interact and intermingle. You know, um, I always said, like, you know, the first few times I went to the grocery store to get, you know, essential items, um, I felt like I was going into like a fight, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I had I had to like go through my mind what my strategy was, you know, and, and if somebody comes the wrong way, you know, which, you know, like if somebody comes hard and presses, you know, what weapons will I use? And you're thinking like, I've got I've got my hand sanitizing spray. I have my mask. I have this wipe for a backup. Um, you know, I can hold my breath as I go past somebody, you know, and you're doing all of these things. And like, all of a sudden, um, that just that sheer anxiety and and stress of going out there before we really even started to get a handle on our numbers. Um, because the testing lag was so great that I think that it was like, like that assumption of, you know, any of those movies where you're like, you know, you know, you, you get infected because, you know, It's like uh, 30 days later, it's like, you know, oh, you got splashed with some blood and you're trying to hide the fact that you're probably going to be infected, you know, and everyone's out there with the assumption that everyone's infected and stay away, you know. Um, So, 
Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just, I just feel like, and also, I just feel like that was the. Uh, I feel like it's also, you know, it gets to a point where people just. Um, I don't know if there's a term for it, but I mean, it, where people just get tired or they're just exhausted and they just kind of start. Um, I guess it was. It's kind of like a fatigue of yes. just being shut down or whatever, and you get to mm-hmm. a point where maybe you just don't really care anymore, or uh, you you get you're not as afraid anymore, but you just kind of, or you are afraid, but you kind of throw caution to the wind. Cause you're like, shit, man. I mean, I got to get out there and do stuff. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I, for the first few, I would say the first few weeks, I, I probably was three weeks in my house where I didn't leave, you know, and I'm one of those people that is able to telecommute, you know? Um, so I'm able to work from home, but I didn't leave at all. And I was ordering things, you know, ordering anytime we, I mean, instead of going to the, you know, to the grocery store, I would order, you know, via Instacart or whatever. And then it gets to a point where you're just like, man, I can't live up in my house cooped up the entire time. So I do go out, but it's the same thing. You know, I wear my mask. I have my hand sanitizer. Do I touch this bag? Do I not touch this bag? Do, you know, and and here in in Florida, you know, uh, the, the supermarkets, they have like, you know, they've done where, you know, one one lane is one way and then the other the right. other lane right. is uh, is the other way so it's like you can go up this aisle but you need to come down the other aisle and go up and then right. go down and there were people there was a lady today and then she was like walking in the wrong direction and she was like oh shit was i supposed to ro- wa- and, um was this one of the lanes i was supposed to you know be walking up instead of down and i was like yeah you know and she's just like i can't i can't handle this you know and she like, <laughs> it's, 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 she it's, like it's the equivalent it's the equivalent of driving like in a in a one way like alleyway yeah or, or like a, a small road that only has enough room for like one car yeah and yeah. you look at the other car coming out and you're like what what what, what is this guy doing you know and you're like you're like so i'm looking i did the same thing a week ago a woman's yeah. coming at me in the, the frozen food section and like they have the big arrows and i kind of went and i looked down at the arrow that was pointing at her and i, and I looked at her like mm-hmm you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and she was like I, I, i'm sorry i i, I was, and i was just like you know but you're right. Um, yeah. There's def- there's definitely fatigue with this. Yeah. And um, I think the other thing is, you know, not only are we amidst a pandemic, you know, the infodemic, like you mentioned, yeah. of all kinds of misinformation out there, but not only just the misinformation, but, you know, the, the scientific process is um, it evolves. It's mm. always trying to get more accurate and more precise and produce better information, you know, and, and, and that's that's how it's designed that we're always testing and retesting and trying to get, you know, more and more accurate with how we understand things. So um, what we've seen over this time is like, like you were saying, initially those first few weeks when you went out there, you're like, I, I can't touch anything mm-hmm. because they said we, we can, we can touch it. And then, and then we'll get it if we accidentally touch our face. And, you know, uh, this past week, the CDC came out and there's, there's new literature that says, um, contact transmission is uh definitely and we, we don't know what factor but it's considerably less than initially thought yeah you know so when you're in the general public and you're saying well what does that mean they told us you know five weeks ago i i couldn't touch my pizza box from doordash yeah you know without disinfecting my hands you know disinfecting the box opening it up you know that you know can we get it from food can't we get it from food you know there were there was these things going around um, there was misinformation, but then there was also changing valid information as, as more of the data from other parts of the world surfaces because, you know, the, 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 the traditional process for science is 
in, in refereeing and peer review, it takes time. You don't just, you know, I don't turn around and say, I, I looked at this data this week and here's my paper. And someone looks and says, this is pretty good. Put it up, put it out there. It's published. It goes to other people. They have to review it. They criticize you. You re review some things, you address comments mm -hmm. and over maybe even, even ones that are relatively a rapid process that can be about three months. So um, they're trying to do these almost like um, prior to print, you know, articles now where they're sharing that data that looks like it's quality data before it goes through the refereed process. Um, so that, and, and, it's, and it's kind of this, the urgency of this. And, and so the rapidity of how the virus has spread in such a short time globally um, has really, really challenged you know, science to be quicker than it normally is. So yes, sometimes there are uh, early, mis not, not even necessarily mistakes, but there's evolving information that will maybe dictate policies, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, you, the mask thing is a perfect example. People that say, these masks don't protect us. I'm not wearing one. And then you find out, well, the purpose of the mask isn't that that two-ply cotton prevents virus particles from getting inside your area. Mm. It's so that if in case you're infected and you cough, sneeze, or talk, your respiratory droplets are being trapped as best we can. Mm. Um, because we don't all have N95 masks, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a lack of a supply. So we went to these other types of masks to try to prevent, you know, that, that type of spread inside a six foot radius. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that, and that's one of the things like there's a, there's a lot of information. If, if you're, if you're, you're hoping to reopen your gym in the next month or so, or you're one of the gyms that has opened, um, you know, like in States like Texas, you know, um, and some other areas, you know, like, is your understanding of the science um, strong enough to, you know, put protocols into place where you can really reassure your clientele that um, you, you, you're doing everything you can and then even more than you're required uh, to look out for their safety so they can yeah. come back and, and, and engage in something that, you know, you know, it, it is a unique sport. You know, it, it ha it's a niche sport where, people that generally do this and do it for, you know, any consistent amount of time are just, um, you know, diehards. They're, 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 they're really just, they're in love with it. Um, and we want to get those people back in the gym. We want to get, you know, back to competing at some point. And, you know, all of these competitions that have been pushed back, like the IFMAs and, you know, the world games, it's like now, now we have time to kind of regroup um, plan out the best way to approach this moving forward and then just keep gaining momentum. Um, so that's, and that's, that's what I want to do is like offer, you know, sort of like, you know, my, my, my services and my expertise to people that, that want to go that route. Um, you know, and, and Vinny's, you know, one of those, one of those guys that, you know, we've talked, we've talked about things. Um, you know, I've shared my, uh, my protocol with him and then we can even tailor and customize it as we move through different phases. Mm. so it's 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 pretty good there's a lot it's a, a lot of information that i didn't um that i didn't know just because when you look for stuff online and you start reading things you don't know what to believe and at least yeah now it comes from from a source you know someone we know and trust yeah so. yeah i mean and, and that's why and that's why i think this for for you know not only i mean it was it's it's great to because you know we've been friends for for quite some time and we know each other um, it's cool to have, 
you know, not only, you know, pick your brain because this is something that you've been working, you know, you, it's like I said, you know, you, you probably never thought that these two paths were going to cross. They eventually did. Um, so it's cool to, you know, talk to you and, and pick your brain about it and have somebody close that knows kind of, you know, more in-depth information, especially when it comes to epidemiologists, which is epidemics. And what is going on right now is not only just an epidemic, but a pandemic, obviously, at this point. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, the fact that you are a person that I know for, you know, we both know, Vinny and I, have loved loves Muay Thai, is super passionate about it. I mean, you are the head of the Judges and Referees uh, Commission or, or, you know, panel along with JJ. And, and, and you guys are the ones that are trying to educate us all on how to compete at a world level. So, I mean, your your expertise goes into that realm, too. So, it's, so mm -hmm. I think a lot of our friends that are listening to this right now in the Muay Thai community um, that kind of want those answers are getting it from not just some another doctor or another person in the media, you know, that they've mm -hmm. brought in, a talking head that they've brought in to say, yes. hey, you know, this is what you should do, but they have no idea of what a gym entails. Oops. Well, that... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a talking head. <laughs> a talking head and it, it just falls. <laughs> nice yeah but uh no but yeah so like getting getting this information so somebody who who also has a gym and everything is i think going to be a uh, very important for them and somebody they can look to because i think that's the one thing and i and that's an, something that you can touch on so when it comes to you know the phases and everything like that it, you know the one thing that i always struck me as going to be that was going to be difficult was I'd always see the term fitness centers, you know, right. And then you're always thinking, you know, for me, you know, that, that aside from knowing how gyms are, but gyms are small, you know, most of them are small places. They're not, you know, you know, with the exception of a few of our friends that have these huge locations, but usually the gyms are pretty small, 2000, 2,500 square feet, you know, um, right. But then, you know, when they say fitness centers, you know, for a long time, I think, you know, a lot of their gyms, which I don't think, I mean, it's probably true, we're getting lumped in with these LA fitness type centers and, you know, uh, what is it, 24 hour fitness and all that. So it's kind of like, for a lot of them, it was like, hey, can you guys make a consideration for us too? Because, you know, a yoga studio is very different. A Muay Thai studio is very different. A karate gym, a Taekwondo gym, you know, whatever it is that, that our, you know, our friends in the, in the martial arts community have is very different than some, you know, a large fitness center that has a revolving door of people, you know? So, I mean. Well, what, what, what it comes into play there, it, mm -hmm. it also depends on how you registered your business also. Mm-hmm. So it depends if you registered as a fitness center, you know, legally, or yeah. if you registered as education or gotcha. sports and recreation. So it, it you have to look at the, the, that part of it, too. It depends on how you registered to begin with. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I guess that's yeah. going yeah. 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 to vary state to state. That could very right? well determine what phase you're in. Yeah. Because if you registered as like a physical fitness center then that's going to be different than if you registered as education. Mm -hmm. So, and it goes based on like a, a NIAX code. It depends on what you, it's what the, you registered as. Gotcha. So, um, because I, I, I mean, for, for me in New York, they're all lumped into the same phase anyway, all sports, recreation, fitness, and education is all phase four. So it doesn't matter, but I know in, in other States or other places, the phase, you know, gyms are in a different phase than education. So mm -hmm. um, that's where the, that would come into play. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I mean, yeah. Stefan, speaking to your obviously talking about this this phased reopening and everything, you were discussing something, which I think is really important to a lot of people too. Is this idea that they're doing? I mean, I know in some case, cases or the idea of like you were talking about how Pittsburgh, obviously being in Western Pennsylvania, is very different than you know uh, you know Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the caseload in one area is very different than in the other. And so you have sort of these reopenings that are happening in certain areas where, let's say, the governor will come in of the state and say, well, so-and-so, like, like we, you know, just take Florida, for example. I mean, Miami and Broward County, where are, are where were the majority of cases in Florida are, is because it's the most populous part of the state. So you have Miami and Broward, you know, Miami and Broward, which take up Miami and Fort Lauderdale, you know. Um, so they have, you know, that whole area was, while they were doing things and, and opening things in you know northern parts of Florida and central Florida, uh, Miami and and Broward are still kind of phasing reopening. We're just going to open. I think they're going to start opening beaches uh, on Tuesday, as compared to other parts of the state where they opened them already. You know, um, mm-hmm. so in your case, like when that happens, um, and they're like in your case, are they are they doing that, or are they, is it across the board that they're opening? Um, and when they do that, do you do you just I mean, what is it that they that, that they're requiring, or how are you going about opening, let's say, uh, Pittsburgh Muay Thai in, in Pittsburgh? Yeah, so we we um, we are technically right now in you know Pennsylvania was pretty simplistic. They did like a, a you know a traffic light mm-hmm. pattern, and everyone went into red. Yeah, um, immediately, you know, and that that went into the shelter in place, the lockdown, um, and then uh, there was a yellow phase. And now there's a green phase. Um, what's interesting about Pennsylvania is much of those, um, those you know, how to get to those next levels was, was ambiguously defined if, if, if it was. I mean, it was what, what is yellow. We see things are opening in yellow, but how do we get there? Mm-hmm. Um, and what was interesting was they threw out a couple of these metrics of, you know, uh, no more than 50, 50 cases per 100,000 residents in your county over a 14-day period. Um, and what was interesting was none of the counties in the Northwest or Southwest ever went above 50 except for one. So we were never in red. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, so if you go by the, this is the yellow metric, we were always in yellow except for this one, you know, Beaver County, which is, uh, they had a hotspot of nursing homes. So, you know, and that's another thing is if you take that institutional um, spot, that's, you know, pretty much under quarantine and it's spreading within the, the institution very rapidly and giving you a lot of cases, um, it's, it's probably going to inflate, you know, your rate for that very short duration. Um, so we looked in and they rolled the northwestern part out first and then they rolled the southwestern part out a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, that northwestern part goes to green um next friday and we don't know where we are so uh philly the rumor you know out there where it's still red in many of those counties is being told june 5th is there is their yellow you know transition mm-hmm. um and then the, the, and essentially in our state all that meant was uh retail stores could open but gyms fitness centers um, you know, massage, uh, personal services. So, you know, nail salons, um, uh, barbershops, hair salons, 
all of those places are still closed until green. Um, with, with that, you know, th there's still a lot of the physical distancing requirements. There's still the masking requirements, all of those things. Um, and it's, it's still not completely clear what green is mm -hmm. uh, as we move to that, other than you see things like restaurants and bars, but at ca reduced capacities. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and that varies, you know, you know, across the state, like we're seeing it roll out in different phases, which is to me a good idea. Um, but then those, those differ, you know, if we go across to Ohio, which is essentially open. So I, I know someone that is um, having a wedding in Ohio with 300 people in June, you know, and you're kind of going, how, how is that <laughs> possible? Unless it's, you know, it's outdoors. Will there be distancing? Will there be masks? You know, I, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff that is, um, you know, you know, people don't have much experience doing this uh, mm -hmm. and are, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like winging it. I hate saying that, but yeah. but, uh, but a lot of people are winging it. So, you know, when you look at a lot of the the secretaries of health um, in most of these states, um, they're, they're not people that are coming from backgrounds of uh, infectious disease control at these levels. Yeah. They're, they're generally going to be, you know, a physician that may have been like family medicine, pediatrics, you know, and, and, they, and they've dealt largely with, you know, uh, much easier infectious diseases to deal with and largely probably chronic diseases, you know, you know, in, in, in most of the developed world, our biggest problem is still chronic disease mm -hmm. versus infectious. Um, so that, and that's where, you know, people that, that kind of look at infection control and look at infectious disease are saying like, you know, in, talk, talk to those people because this is, this is their area of expertise. This is what they studied. And they can help. And, um, you know, and that's why I'm thinking even for, you know, gyms, I've been pretty vocal with my, a few of my local politicians saying, you know, um, I, I know people get this perception of gyms and they go, oh, my God, everyone's in there. They're all on top of each other. It's hot and everybody's sweating. That's the last place in the world that should open. Yeah. You know, and I'm saying, well, let's take a step back because one, you know, scientifically, it's not transmitted through sweat. Mm hmm. So wherever that's coming from, that's, that's a myth. It, yeah. it does. It's not from your sweat. Yeah. It's from your respiratory droplets. Yeah. So if you take, if you take an approach like we're doing with the grocery stores and things like that, and you put in capacity limits, you know, and I, you know, I showed Vinny, I was like, there's, there's an equation that, you know, I put into my, my protocol, which is how to calculate in your mat space in your, in your ring area, in your bag area, um, how many people can fit there and be at least six feet apart. Um, if you want to up that, you know, denominator and make it, you know, eight feet apart, 10 feet apart, you can do that. Um, but, you know, I put in, it doesn't transmit for, through sweat. It's, mm -hmm. it's from, you know, sneezing, which is probably the worst thing, coughing, probably the second worst, spitting and yelling. So lots of respiratory droplets. And we all know that when you coach, that there's going to be some barking of orders and yelling. Um, talking still can transmit. When you're close to somebody, you're both unprotected and you have like, a, like if we had a two hour conversation in a small space, none of us were masked and we we're all sitting there. There's probably at least a 90% chance that the other two will get infected. Mm -hmm. But when we start to add masks into that equation and we add distancing and we add, you know, ventilation, um, that goes down, you know, exponentially. So, you know, and that's, that's the point of like, 
No, I said gyms can open because they actually already have a sanitation protocol. Yeah. You know, and some gyms are stricter than others. You know, hey, if you just got sweat all over your heavy bag, you need to wipe that down mm-hmm. before you leave for home. If you leave sweat on your mat area, you, you don't leave it there for, you know, a custodial crew to clean up. You, you politely, you know, spray that and wipe that down. You wipe borrowed equipment down. So I think as we go through this new phase, you're probably going to see things like very little borrowed equipment. Mm-hmm. meaning like, you know, gloves and shin pads, more of that where, you know, headgear, you know, things like requiring students like, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have pads that, that are shared and wiped down, but you should probably bring all of your own equipment, you know, at this point um, to, to, to avoid any potential contamination. Yeah. You know, you should look at how you hang your heavy bags. You should look at, you know, what you want to do with your floor space, um, what kind of ventilation systems you have. And, um, and that's all the stuff that, you know, I put, you know, you know, at, at least a week of just pulling all the, the literature that I've gone through, how it applies, you know, to, to Muay Thai facilities and, you know, what are the strategies that people in um you know in the first phase of training and I, th- I think we all kind of know what that is it's it's individual technique work you know it's it's going to be shadow boxing and bag work building to pad work you know we're not going to we and, and probably shouldn't start diving into clinching you know day one mm-hmm. uh mask or no mask um so there are certain activities that we understand within our sport that um we we need to think and consider where is the, the, the highest risk activity and what the lowest risk are and start from low and work your way back in until we know that we're at times where we have a better understanding of how much impact, how many people have been tested, how many t- people came out positive, what's our level of potential herd immunity, where are the vaccine trials at this point um, before we really start to in- engage in those full on activities again. What do you think a, a realistic timeline is for clinching and competing again? Um, that, that will be interesting. I, I, I think, you know, we'll, I, th- I really think we're going to have to see how things go over the summer. And if those, if, if those, if those trends in many areas of the country continue to go down and we start to see um, less community spread, you know, um, sort of that, that thing that people have heard of the R factor of, you know, like, Hey, the flu, one person infects 1.1 other people, you know, but with this, we heard, we've heard numbers from like, you know, five and up. And what we're seeing is maybe, maybe I think the most recent was Mm 2.2. So when they do all of those projections and modeling, um, there's conservative projections and there's, you know, just, just even with like, you know, financial forecasting, you know, you, you plug certain things into, you know, statistical modeling and, and you can get different, very different results based on just changing a couple of those numbers. Um, so if that R factor really is around at a two, then we probably will be able to get able to do that training sooner than later. Um, if the antibody tests are more widely available and they are, um, you know, shown to be valid tests, and people know what their status is. I mean, I think you'll see people that, you know, were exposed and developed the antibodies much more willing to engage in those full-on activities faster than the other people that haven't been exposed. I also think you'll see differentials in gyms 
based on um, age for, for one thing. Um, and then also people that have pre-existing conditions. And, yeah. you know, that's one of the other things I put in there is like, you know, if you, if you have a population in your gym, that's, you know, um, immunosuppressed, uh, immunocompromised, maybe suffers from like severe pulmonary, you know, disorders. Those, those are the people that should really clear with a physician before engaging in a lot of activities just in general in, yeah. in, in public, let alone going into a facility where they may be exposed to other people. And remember, when you're, when you're exercising, depending on what the intensity is in Muay Thai, some things are much more intense than others. Um, it's also going to be affected by wearing a mask. You know, you're going to have considerably less oxygen flow. You're going to fatigue faster. Um, and I've been using for the past month, I've been using three different ones that kind of vary. I call them the suffocation factor. I've taken, you know, sort of an elevation training mask and I've taken out the, the rubber flux valves and replaced them with everything from like coffee filters to HEPA filters, you know, um, to, you know, sort of double layered canvas reusable shopping bags, you know, all of the things that we were recommended to, to do for homemade masks. Um, that one is difficult to breathe in, you know, just even jumping rope, doing shadow boxing and bag. Um, whereas the cloth one that, you know, somebody made for me was much easier. It's much easier to talk in. Um, but it also may not offer as high a level protection, but, you know, if you have people that are coming back that haven't been training that are new, um, that, that may have issues with wearing masks, you probably don't want to enforce, you know, um, something like an elevation mask with, you know, modified filters, Yeah. you know, so you, you, you gotta, you know, be smart about, you know, the intensity of how you're pushing people that nobody starts to get shortness of breath and lightheaded and, you know, but so, do you um, think masks one, are going to be, masks? well, that's what I was going to say. One of the things I get from a lot of people, cause you know, I'm, I, I'm in the process, like I, I've been, um, either considering doing some outdoor stuff in the parking lot mm -hmm. of my gym. Uh, now New York has come out with their allowing gatherings of 10 or less, um, trying to see if that does apply to businesses. Cause if it's for any purpose, then that means I can open now with 10, you know, classes of 10, maybe including, including yeah. no inside. Oh, inside. Oh, yeah, they're saying, yeah. Yeah. So um, outside, as long as it's social distance, I don't, you know, can't really yeah. be a problem. Right. But um, so one of the questions I'm getting a lot is, are we going to have to wear a mask? Yeah. And um, my answer is yes. And that's based on, you know, the information I've gotten from you. So right. maybe tell everyone out there what the percentages are when it comes okay. to wearing a mask. So so um, if you think about there, there are what, four scenarios. Um, uh let's let's say i'm infected and you're not mm -hmm. and i come into the gym and we at some point are within six feet near six feet and i'm huffing and puffing and you're not and and and, and you're you're sucking wind and we're hitting bags within six feet of each other and there's you know but we're there for a little bit of time so the the if you think about to successfully infect someone right that's an equation which is the exposure times time. So the longer you and I are near each other, right? And the more you're exposed to, you know, vi virus particles coming out from my mouth and nose, the higher your, your chance of getting infected goes. 
right? So if we're both unmasked, it's about 90% chance that you're going to get it. Um, if you're wearing a mask, but I'm not, it's about 70. And that's where you see that that mask doesn't really protect you from me. If we're, if you're, if I'm wearing a mask and you're not, it's, it goes down to about 5%. Okay. So I'm trapping most of my virus particles in that mask. If we're both masked up, it's about one and a half percent. So when people say, and, and, and I, and I did this, I, I, you know, put together a survey for membership. Um, that's, that's a validated instrument. Um, that is specifically designed for sort of return to work, return to gyms, return to schools for, you know, COVID-19. Um, and, and I put it out there. And one of the things that comes out is uh, people want to know that other people will be masked because if they have that understanding of the science behind the masks um, and they understand that if you're a mask and I'm masked, the chances that either one of us has it doesn't know it yet. Uh, the, the risk of infection is so much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's why I say like, you know, for me, I, I think that mask wearing initially, while yes, it is uncomfortable and maybe some people aren't able to do it. Um, you can still think about sort of hybrid things. You know, is there a population that won't come back because they struggle with wearing a mask and they want to wait? Then maybe you offer online training, virtual things. You know, um, if there are people that, you know, um, insist on wearing masks, you know, you you could lose clientele either way. You know, you can have people that say, I I think it's ridiculous. I think it's nonsensical. I'm not wearing a mask. Um, Do you want that person in your gym? Or, you know, do you want the people that say, I think we should all wear masks? Because if we lower our percentages down by this much, um, and one of the things that you don't know, and most of us don't know yet, is what is our status? You know, if we clearly didn't get really sick and have to go in for testing, what is our actual, you know, like what is the zero prevalence in, in your gym's population? So unless somebody was clearly tested, tested positive, you, you, we may not know that for a while. So we may be opening before a lot of that type of data and those results come in. Well, you could have um, even gotten tested and been negative and, and, and three been negative. weeks ago, yes. and right. that means nothing today. It means nothing today, yeah. right? And, yeah, and that's the thing, you know, because the um, the incubation period and the asymptomatic period is long enough that you know. It, it, I always say it's similar to the common cold, right? You are by the time you are thinking, wait, I might have a cold. I've got that drip. I have that weird nose and throat thing. Oh, am I coming down with a cold? And you're like, I just was at work for five days, interacting with people, yeah. you know, share, sharing a drink with my kids, eating like part of food that you didn't want to throw away that was off of their plate. You know, you're doing all these things and you're like, oh, great. You know, like I probably got it from them or I'm going to give it to them. And and that's that's really what happens is like it would be great if as soon as you were infected, you knew. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we don't. And yeah. some people, some people are entirely asymptomatic um and it affects them in 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 ways and this is what we're seeing you know with with kids and younger people is like if they do have it the the symptoms have been so much more mild collectively Um, there are some extreme situations with kids with some of these inflammatory you know systems 
Um, but that, but that's not, that's not as common as, as they're infected. They're sick for a few days. It's like a bad cold. It's like the flu with that group. And then they so, recover. Not to go, you know, too much off topic for Muay Thai and get too deep into all this COVID <laughs> stuff. But yeah. all right. So um, when it comes to kids and now they're saying who uh, kids that are positive with COVID, they're getting Kawasaki or Kawasaki like symptoms. What what is that, you know, all about? Uh, so there so there are uh, have been some some kids. Um, so what they, you know, sometimes they call it a case report. They get one in England, then they get one in New York City, and then all of a sudden they get a few more. It becomes a case series. Um, it is not um, a common feature. So, but because it's serious, you you see like nine kids in New York City display, you know, Kawasaki-like disease, and it hits the news. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what it, what they're seeing is that uh, with kids. It may be very mild, and then sometimes it, you know it comes out and it manifests in different ways that they weren't seeing with adults. You know, so uh, the theory is because there's inflammation virtually throughout your entire body, um, that that in, those inflammations, you know, that it's an inflammatory disease that causes like system-wide inflammation. So, you know, and that, that can be is, 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 is COVID toes because you're getting these lesions that, you know, skin, skin is, is your largest organ in the body. So are you showing those lesions? Um, is it something with um, inflammation in the toes? Um, are kids, you know, so, you know, is, is it affecting, is it affecting blood? bloodstream you know is it just cardiovascular is it is it just pulmonary are, are there neurologic considerations and i think that's where the difficulty is that there's a lot of we don't know how it affects um in the short term and we're seeing very different types of symptoms in kids than what we're seeing in most adults but we also don't know what the long-term effects are too that's what a lot of people are saying is you know what if what if it does lead to, you know, uh, nephrologic issues and you, you, you go into like end stage renal disease? What if there is kidney damage? What, what we, we don't know these things. And that's where, you know, people say, because we don't know the lasting effects of this, this, you take that step back and say, let's be even more cautious that you don't get it. You know, so, you know, right. for a lot of people that say, oh, I heard it was really mild, you know. Um, because that actor got on TV and said, like, for me, it was just, you know, a runny nose and a sore throat and mm-hmm. I tested positive. Mm-hmm. And then you get Chris Cuomo, you know, on that's like, I'm in my basement dying, <laughs> you know, and he has like a really like, you know, sort of a melodramatic like presentation oh, every day, yeah. you know. And so and, and that's where you get to, you know, again, you know, when you start to think, you know, from political things you know there 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 could be some weight and some skewness yes. to how people are, are likely to report things and that's where you go like well let's come back to the center and yes some people it's extreme we have over 100,000 deaths most mm-hmm. likely um you know but we also have how many uh people have recovered mm-hmm. and what are those proportions and then when you look at the extreme cases and the fatalities you know then you start to go we have we do have very vulnerable populations that need to be protected from probably a lot of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, the, you know, people that are, you know, uncontrolled diabetes is, is one of the worst things to have just in, in general. Yeah. Um, and then getting this on top of that, 
um, you know, or, you know, being on chemotherapy and being like, you know, a stage four, you know, metastatic cancer, like the likelihood of surviving this is probably pretty, pretty low. Uh, whereas a healthy 18 year old male, female that exercises with no known conditions, uh, maybe the one that says, wow, I had it and didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's just the one thing. I mean, it's, I think the, the crazy thing about everything is just, and I've gotten to this point where, like I was saying, it was, and I think a lot of us, I mean, cause I, I saw the whole Muay Thai community, we've kind of evolved. You've seen the people that were at first taking it. Not, I, I don't think anyone really, uh, I don't think anybody really did not take it seriously in the Muay Thai community that I that I saw. Um, and then you kind of had them divide into two groups, where, like I said, which is the open now, let's just get things going, you know, and and understandably so because you know I you know you see them suffering and their business is suffering, and they're like, man, if it goes one more month, I'm done. You know, I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. Um, and lose my business. I'm sorry. So those type of things, you know, really made me think and sort of not change my tune, but at the same time be like, okay, I got to start, you know, you got to be empathetic to that view because, you know, being somebody, uh, who, like you were saying, you know, you said at the beginning, a lot of people that were, you know, saying, oh, you know, everyone should stay home. We can lock this down and everything do. Unfortunately, you know, we have to also come from a position where, I can telecommute and I can do everything for my house, which is very different than somebody who's, you know, really seeing that their livelihood is completely going to be uh, eliminated from their lives if they don't, if things don't open up. So the one thing, um, the the thing with the, the, like I said, the community took, you know, two sides and now everyone's kind of. Uh, they do want to open up, and we're seeing things phased and and going, and everyone's trying to get into that. Um, I would say one thing that I w- want to maybe get from you, Stefan, is maybe do you have? I know you're doing more of these things with people like Vinny, and with you know going very in depth and doing protocols and plans for yeah. um, some of these gyms that want to open. But is mm-hmm. is there some? Like I said at the beginning of the show, is there like a base guideline that you would think like, hey, guys, if you were thinking about reopening, maybe these things are things that you definitely need to take into consideration and definitely need to think about. Um, And, you know, and it's just kind of like this because it's like, dude, all politics aside, like, no, you know, you're coming from a place of just being because like I was saying, the thing with masks has kind of taken on and also also like an issue of its own where it's like, no, I'm not going to wear one. Fuck that. You know, and then the the science doesn't even prove it. And, you know, and the science kind of does show. Yeah, it's not it's not for you. It's not so much for you. But I mean, it's not so much for me, but it's like for the other person and then we're kind of live in a society where some people don't really give a shit about that hey it's not my responsibility your health is not my responsibility kind of thing so mm-hmm. you know what are the base things that we can say hey let you know if you guys want to open or if you know you coming from the epidemiological point of view is mm-hmm. if we do want to move in the direction where we want to get things back to normal or we can have some semblance of normality again or normalcy again what are the basic steps that we can have. Cause I, I feel like if you just, and, and this is just coming from my own personal opinion, but I feel like if you open the doors all of a sudden to everything and say, okay, things are reopening. Fuck that. I'm not going to follow any guidelines. We're good. You know, it's just over, which I feel some people do have that mentality. Um, not talking about Muay Thai community, but things that I see, 
um, I've, and then you complain when things are taking so long to open up. Well, you're realizing that you also play a part in that. If we follow basic right. guidelines and we try to do our best to do, which I, which once again, I feel like the basic thing that you can do is wear the mask and maintain mm-hmm. six feet of, you know, social distance. If you do the, those basic things, you, you know, you're kind of helping everyone get on board to sort of getting things back to normal. But if you eschew all that because you have some sort of, you know, you know, it's a conspiracy and the government's trying to control me kind of thing, you're actually going to, you know, you're going to make, you're going to prolong the misery that you're feeling right now. So, I mean, it's right, like, right. what are yeah, the- And you are right. Yeah. You, you, you could, you could prolong it. Um, and I think that's, you know, one of the things is if you, if you, don't, if you say I'm only going back to a gym that you know allows me to train without a mask and we're going to do this, um, it might be really interesting a month from now to see like if with contact tracing and other things, if they had positive cases mm-hmm. and it does get contract t- traced back to that gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that could be that could be damaging, you know, for yeah. an owner's reputation um, as opposed to wouldn't you rather say, hey, listen, I don't understand. We followed every guideline. We did, we did, we did the, 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 the disinfection protocol. We did the, the physical distancing. I required masks. I did, I did, um, you know, things like screened people at the door, put up plexiglass, you know, used an IR thermometer. Um, and we did that for 30 days. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had, we had cases. Is it really that the cases were here or did we just have people that they were infected maybe somewhere else and came in, but it'd be great to say, but somebody that may have been linked to your gym may have been exposed somebody where else, somewhere else you put everybody on alert. And then if nobody actually ends up testing positive or developing symptoms, then, you know, it's, it's a better story to say, I think because of everything that we put into place for the protocol, we, we eliminated the potential for spread in the gym, mm-hmm. which could shut you down for longer, you know, and what if you lose stu- a student base to, you know, potentially another gym, that actually does have that in place. You don't want to be the with the test case that goes out there and says, we're not, we're just going back to normal. And mm. we're gonna, you know, and then and then potentially have a bad outcome. Yeah. Um, because they, you know, that's that's the trade-off. You want to get up and running, but if you want to get up and running and do it in a smart way, um, you know, like one of the one of the things to do is yes, uh, you know, think about just the basic principles we've all been hearing about. You know, like um, when you sneeze. One of the reasons to, you know, maybe have a tissue to sneeze in is that I don't spray you with it with I'm, when I'm near you, mm-hmm. because that's a chance for you to catch whatever maybe I have, whether, you know, may, maybe it's a cold. Um, but if I sneeze out into the air and you're there and you go, whoa, you know, you got me, yeah. um, I, I probably actually did. Get you. Um, and, if you, and if you approach the coronavirus the same way, yeah. you know, COVID-19 is like, if you go sneeze on somebody or cough in their face and you're infected, um, you probably, you know, what, what is it? A sneeze is, a, is over a hundred million virus particles. A, a cough is 50,000. Um, talking is a few thousand and you need 1000 to be infected. Mm. And that's why, like, when you look at the the biggest risk, you know, of sneezing, then coughing, then, you know, like, expectorating more, yelling, you know, um, you know how some people, when they yell, they spit, Mm. you know, and they, it's uncontrollable, but even talking is releasing some of that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but those are those are the those are the basic things. Like those are the basic things well, that everybody can do. And 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 yeah, yeah, and and um, yeah, and you know now everybody thinks that anybody that sneezes has it and runs away. Yeah, and yeah. people are going, it's ragweed. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you want to have you want to have a sanitation protocol. You want to have a capacity, a spacing protocol. You want to think about your screening. You know, you want to, and you want to think about like from a Muay Thai perspective, what are, what are activities that you can do realistically when you reopen that, that does that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's mm -hmm. like that, like in, you know, what I've been sharing with Vinny and, you know, um, a few others. Um, so, you know, the first person I talked to about this was, you know, Michael Corley at uh, Heritage because Texas was able to open a little sooner. Mm -hmm. um, and then v Vinny was, you know, the second person. Um, I'm also working with, um, you know, Kate and Charlie at Eight Limbs in Philly. And uh, Lonnie back at Dragon Gym outside of Philly is like three locations out on the main line and I think Malvern area. Mm -hmm. um, and then also um, there's Lance Dixon and uh, Dean Rosenwald that have uh, it's uh, Santa Monica striking mm -hmm. where um, I think it's Kennedy, Riley, Mace, oh, okay. uh, just did just did like a Zoom thing for IFMA and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're all there and 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 they've kind of said, um, hey. Uh, this this early this week, like we, we need a protocol. We want to get back into business, um, and you know we kind of know you and trust that this is your area of expertise. And what can we do to make sure that what we've come up with on our own um, is is valid? Like mm -hmm. is is what we wrote? Like you know you know mop the mats. Well, we already do that, right? Yeah. Wipe down all the equipment. You pretty much do that, right? Um, so you know in that protocol are things like. EPA approved products, um, you know, rationales for wearing masks, um, you know, safety concerns with wearing masks. Um, uh, I start off with how does COVID spread mm -hmm. so that you as an, an owner and, and, and owners that have staff that you can educate your staff, you know, on this is how. So if somebody comes in and says, doesn't it spread through sweat? You have sweat. People are sweating everywhere. Yeah, Why would I sign up and join here? And you're like, no, it actually spreads these ways. And these yeah. are the measures that we've taken in place to mitigate that as aggressively as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and then just, you know, talking with those few gyms, um, you know, Vinny kind of, you know, planted this seed. Um, he said, you know, you, you, you should talk to Patrick Rivera, you know, because he has, you know, the MBA. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and, you know, I, I reached out to him on Friday. I said, you know, you know, Patrick's a, a great businessman. Um, and, and I basically said, I was like, you, you have infinitely more business acumen than me, you know, like yeah. y y y y this is your livelihood and, and you do well, you're very successful and you help other people through the MBA become more successful and understand and you, sh and you share that information with them as part of that membership. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked. And so, you know, one of the things that we are going to develop is we're going to try to tie what I'm doing here you know, with the, sort of the science behind this coming from the Muay Thai perspective and trying to develop um, a, a protocol that we can, you know, kind of tie together with that MBA. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we're still, we're still in the initial phases of kind of working through that, but that partnership, I think, will allow a lot of other people to sort of like gain access to that material and get back up and running um, so not only do they have his, you know, like, uh, ability to tap into ways to maybe market, to get back into place. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I mentioned the survey that I did. One of my thoughts was maybe with that group 
as, as they want, you know, to, to kind of like reach out to him for those services and they're already members, you know, do we kind of fold in a, here, here's a great survey for, you know, what, what people consider for returning to a safe gym, what they need, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can send that out to your membership and they'll tell you, and we can look at those responses and say, see right here, your gym wants masks. Yeah. You know, your gym wants a sanitation protocol. Your gym wants clearly communicated signage. Yeah. Uh, your gym, your members want to know what does it look like when I come back in? And that was one of the things I said, like, you know, a video from start to finish, you know, Vinny follows one of his kids and says, all right, you're going to go through all your stages, get on the mat and then leave the gym. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this up on YouTube, you know, and Instagram so that anybody starts coming back in, they go phase one, put your mask on phase two, sanitize your hands inside phase three, get your temperature checked, Mm -hmm. you know, and you go through from A to Z all of those different things. And then people feel much more comfortable coming back because, you know, even from the perspective of when people sign up, right. A lot of times when people go to a gym to do Muay Thai for the first time, there's a, there's a, an intimidation factor. You're going into a place where people train in a combative sport and the competition is to fight each other. So, you know, they, they often, there are people that are reticent about going in initially. They're going to be more so now, if they don't know if going in there makes them more vulnerable, you know, to, to get, you know, catching COVID-19. Yeah. So when you have those things out there and you are saying, Hey, yeah, we looked at the CDC list, which is for all businesses, but we also talked to, you know, some leaders in the industry from the business side and, and somebody that, you know, does Muay Thai, but also understands the science and they put together, you know, a program where we feel much more confident and we are much, you know, more prepared to, you know, bring people back into the gym and, and make sure they're, they're comfortable and they're safe. And, you know, so that's, that's where, where I think we're going to be going next week. Yeah. Nice. I mean, just uh, for people that don't know, uh, we've, I mean, uh, we've talked to Patrick Rivera a couple of times on the mm-hmm. podcast. The MBA is the Muay Thai Business Academy where he helps, you know, multi- gym owners, obviously, uh, with the business side of things and um, with the business side of running a business, of running a Muay Thai business or uh, a gym, martial arts gym. But in addition now, Stefan is going to be uh, helping out with, you know, I guess the, these, these health protocols and everything using his expertise to help them on that side, which I think at this point, you know, Stefan, I think one of the things I was going to bring up is at this point, and I hate using, you know, all these buzzwords that have popped up ever since, you know, this whole thing started, which is, you know, the new normal, you know, mm-hmm. we're all in right. this together. You know, all of this stuff that's just constantly been repe- repeating, you know, we're going to be right. there for you, uh, you know progressive insurance will be there for you and right. you know, you know, <laughs> but, right. you know, which we really know they probably won't but uh <laughs> but the idea is you know um that this is really in a lot of ways i mean it, it's a huge part of your business i mean i i, I mean i applaud Vinny obviously for i mean i knew he was he's, he's always been great at business he's gonna you know mm-hmm. bringing in that type of information to make sure that, because you're right. A lot of people are going to be, I'm not saying it's a new normal. It's not going to be, it's not a new normal. The idea is that minds are going to change in how they approach doing business anywhere. I really feel like, and, and it's, you know, uh, health as much as we want to, as much as we want this thing to blow over as much as we want to get things back to normal. um, Health is going to be top of mind with people for 
a few coming years, I would say, you know, for at least, you know, two more years, let's say, you know, let's give it a couple of years, you know, where it's going to be like, Hey, yeah. Um, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, how are you, how's the sanitation? You know, how many people are coming in here? Uh, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, and I'm coming at this because, you know, I, like I, you know, I've said before, like I work in the cruise industry. We all know that industry is going to change crazy. Like they're already going above and beyond to make sure I mean, I'm talking about everything from ripping out beds and throwing away all the old linens and and carpeting and everything to just almost refurbishing an entire ship in order to mm-hmm. to you know uh, sort of get people attract people back. And you know, this is another thing because I would say you know they've already had such a negative uh, there you know around the, the cruise industry. There's already been this such a negative publicity about you know how these are just giant floating buckets of disease because the air is recirculated, you know, and all of that. And the one thing uh, which is kind of crazy is you know that those places I, I would say you know are, are and these are huge industries are contending with stuff like that. Um, whereas you know we are small businesses and these are small mm-hmm. businesses that you can really from just doing a couple like you were saying just doing some small modifications here and there and putting things out there and making things really black and white for people to understand like hey these are the protocols for falling this is what you need to do and our job is to keep you safe so you can come in here and kind of you know work out and do everything you want to do without worrying about you know the the health situation and and the thing about videos is a really great thing too because i actually saw you know mark beecher put out one when when about his gym with hyena Muay Thai or, um, mm-hmm. in, in Texas, where he was talking about how people were going to go to the bag and leave their bag next to the heavy bag. And they would walk in one way and exit out the back door. You know, it was always like, right. it's just one free flowing right. thing and, and how things were going to be done that way. And, and it really does. I mean, I, I sat there, I don't even go to his gym, but I sat there and watched the whole video because I was interested. Okay. How is he going right. to run this gym? You know, how right. is he going to run this now? And then, you know, even coming from the perspective where, like I was saying, I'm probably more on the end, the side of let's try to be healthy and let's try to, you know, social distance and everything. Um, I even looked at it and been like, huh, okay, I think that's a great approach. I would totally go to his right. gym, you know. Um, right. So I really do, I do think all that stuff helps, and and it's awesome that you know to have you you know bring that knowledge here to this to to yeah. everyone that's in the Muay Thai community because. There really is a lot of people that are just worried, you know, especially yeah, in, in our right. in our business, you know, um, yeah. and in our business does get I wouldn't say like a bad rap, but our, the business because of all the like you were saying, the sweating and people. I think that's the one thing that people always kind of associate sweat with you know, with disease, disease. and being dirty, <laughs> yes. you know, and, <laughs> right. the, and the thing is right. like, oh, well, you're sweating everywhere. So you're going to get catch something. And, you know, that's, that's great that you're bringing up the point. Well, that's not how right. it's transmitted, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And that's, and, and that's, and that's one of the things. So, mm-hmm. you know, at, at a local level, you know, imagine that, you know, you have someone politically saying, you know, uh, some places can open and not others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's based on, they heard something or they read a headline. So, yeah. uh, interesting this week, there was a, there was a paper that came out where they looked at in Asia, um, they had a cluster of cases that was, uh, spread through a, uh, a health club, mm-hmm. uh, that did high, high performance, high intensity dance. Mm-hmm. And I guess they said sim- similar to like a Zumba, you yeah, know, yeah. um, and the instructor, was the person that had the disease that was the, mm-hmm. and was a, was asymptomatic for a few days and then developed a mild cough, but taught for five more days after getting the cough until getting sicker. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And out of the 112 people that came through those, you know, classes over those days, something like 87 of them were infected. Oh. Um, and what, and, and this was before there was any mitigation whatsoever, right? So no masks, no spacing, jam-packed class. So when you look at that, a lot of people go, oh, wow, you, there's no way you can do Muay Thai. Yeah. Now, you go to the studio right next door in the same facility and you go, they taught all of their yoga and all of their Pilates often with infected people, other instructors that got infected, and they had no spread. Mm. And then you realize, ah, there was more distancing. There's generally more distancing on a yoga mat or a plates mat, right? Mm. They had a little bit more space. And the lower intensity, this was, again, with no masks, right? Mm. The lower intensity and the less breathing and getting, you know, like droplets out there in the air. And they looked at and they said, yeah, that lower intensity activity that's uh, that's something to consider. So, you know, that when you come back to a Muay Thai arena and you say, well, this is great because, you know, shadow boxing and maybe doing bag. Think about the intensity that you're pushing people through. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, think about, you know, the, 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 the more you up that intensity. Right. The less people wearing masks, the closer they are together, the less ventilation you have in your facility to take inside air, replace it with fresh filtered air. All of those things are going to contribute to a potential increase in spread. But when you start to mitigate those things, then you're going to see a reduction in that. And, and that's, and that's you know, what, we're, what we're aiming for here is to show, yes, the Muay Thai world, you know, if, if we do maybe see a second wave, wouldn't it be great if a lot of us were saying, hey, we're not seeing it in Muay Thai gyms. Yeah, that's you know, what I was just maybe, thinking. Maybe, yeah. maybe, they, maybe, maybe, they, maybe it happened at Planet Fitness, you know, or, uh, you know, in LA Fitness or Fitness Anywhere or anytime. Yeah. Um, because, because they weren't taking certain precautions. Um, and all they did was throw up a CDC, you know, sign here and there. Mm-hmm. and clean things um and that's you know that's where like you know coming from a background of like you know wanting to empower you know a lot of the owners with you know as much information that's scientifically grounded as possible i think helps all of us yeah sure so maybe this is what muay thai needs in order to really grow <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> be, yeah Every, every, everything else everything else about. now now you know I, I know a lot of people do bjj and everything but you know honestly that's like the last thing you should do oh yeah no <laughs> well, i mean I, 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 I hate saying it, it was like yeah. i'm sorry there's there's it doesn't matter if you're wearing a mask there Oh yeah, you know, of you're 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 within like an inch of each other. I mean, you know, we've seen those memes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Making eye contact, and yeah. you know, I mean, like you're you you are going to have a very difficult time. And we also know that training virtually. I mean, you know, I was like, I I kept I feel for those guys, right? Because I'm like, it's like week eight of shrimping in my living room. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I am getting really good at shrimping and like pulling guard with with like my kids, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, like I was like, you know, so, um, so that, and that's where you get into like clinching. Let's hold off on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, pad work, let, you know, go through your phases and think about it. You know, one way, maybe the best way to kind of wrap up and think about it is think about, you have somebody totally new, Yeah. you know, that's coming in. Think about every one of those people coming through your door is totally new. Are you going to throw them into spar and clinch day one? Yeah. Are you going to have them start wailing away as hard as humanly possible on the heavy bag? Or are you going to have them start working on technique, refining that technique and shadow boxing and moving around and practicing balance and, you know, and things like that. And then, and then building up, you know, sort of, you know, master that technique 
and then add speed and power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes, you know, somebody go to Muay Thai, you know, going crazy, you know, balls to the wall day one, yeah. you know, is, is, you know, y- y- the other thing is a lot of those people may not come back in shape. So yeah. going too yeah. intense, having them wear a mask, you don't want people dropping either. Yeah. Well, no, and I think it's I think it's a good time for Muay Thai in that sense for for what you were just saying. You know, I I think I saw it somewhere that somebody was saying like right now is the right time to go over all those you know fundamentals. You know, mm-hmm. you, the, yeah. you know all the yeah. technique, everything that you know, which we we push a lot in Muay Thai everywhere anyway. You know, everyone that's a, right. that's been in the Muay Thai game and is advanced knows that there's always the young guy who wants to come in and wail away on the pads or. Or, mm-hmm. or on the heavy bag and wants to get into sparring because they have something to prove. But you right. know, really, uh, the ones that are the ones that are kind of in the corning wor- working on their technique are usually the ones that fare better. And you know, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, make a, a broad sweeping statement. But like you use the the term guy, the guy yeah. that wants to come in a whale way, and then other people, <laughs> other people in the corner honing technique and everything. Uh, my my experience has been it's usually the guys that come in and want to wail away and prove something. Yeah. And the women are the ones that are honing their technique. And, and, and what I've always seen is, yes, most of our female students always pick up and have much better form and technique than the guys at a much earlier pace. So mm-hmm. if you took two people with the same athletic ability, you know, and you put them in male, female, after six months, one's going to look like they've been there for three months and the other one's going to look like they've been there a year. And it's usually the woman that works out better because there's, there's, there's generally no chip or ego or attitude coming in. And it's just, I'm going to go slow and learn things the right way because you know, everybody, a lot of people are already bigger than me. And like, you know, what, what am I going to go whale on the heavy bag? This guy's six, eight, you know, he's, you know, (laughs) six, three, like, you know, um, so, you know, approaching it from that perspective is great. Like this is a time to really develop the technique. And, you know, as, as, as people that have coached, what we've always noticed is this, right? A lot of people like look at shadow boxing as it's a chore chore and it's a labor. And, and I want to go so hard on pads that I don't, I, I kind of want to use this after like maybe my warm up, my run or my rope. I'm, I'm going to use this as just kind of like a, a active rest. <laughs> yeah. You know, because then I, then I can go really hard on pads again, you know, <laughs> yeah. because like, because if I go too hard on shadow boxing, I might not look as badass on pads because I may fatigue, you know, yeah. like in the third round or something. Yeah. So you see people just kind of like half-assing it. And so now's the time to like, Really think about this is this is a perfect time to refine your technique, you know, and then when it's appropriate, yeah, bring the speed and the power back and the intensity. Yeah. You know, so cool. All right, man. Well, that mean, you know, Stefan, we really appreciate you coming on the coming on the show um, cool. again, and especially this yeah. time with a in a totally different capacity. Like I said, uh, you know, bringing your expertise uh, and during these crazy times when you know when your other expertise merged with your with with your passion yeah. for Muay Thai. Um, but I think a lot of people, and I hope any of you guys that are listening, uh, found this helpful. Um, Stefan, if they have any questions, how can they reach out to you? Um, you know, just to, if they wanted to continue maybe speaking with you and, you know, sure. developing pro- protocols for your gym, how's yeah, the best way to can, reach you? Um, they can either, um, you know, just if, if you're friends with me on Facebook, send me a, a private message. A lot of people have my text, mm-hmm. text me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my email is, um, um, let's see, I have a Gmail, P-H-A-I-S, 
A-A-N as in Nancy at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that's, you could probably just even get me, um, you know, through the Pittsburgh Muay Thai, like mm-hmm. Facebook page. And it's probably up on our static web page too. Yeah. Right so, here on the, yeah. I'll put it, I'll throw it up there on the screen right okay, now, cool. which is, yeah, uh, I appreciate, yeah. I also appreciate you guys not saying anything about my, um, I thought you'd both pick up and Eric, especially you'd be like, <laughs> what's going on with the, uh, the sunburn. You know, like you're the, you're the one down in Florida. And I thought you'd be like, Hey man, and I was, I was, gonna, I, I had this comeback prepared. I was like, it's, it's not sunburn. Uh-huh. This is, this is, this is evidence-based vitamin D absorption. You know? and, um, and that's what, uh, that's, that's what us Northerners need. Yeah. You know? Well, I just thought, but, um, I mean, uh, you, you just, you, you have a lot more color than usual, Stefan. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, went, I went outside, I went outside and checked the mail. So, uh, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I thought maybe you just like had some whiskey before. You <laughs> oh, well, well, I mean, well, it's, there is, there's a, a little, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I generally, I generally don't flush though when i drink this is, this is definitely like yeah it's may in pittsburgh and guess what happens we can get, we can get burned <laughs> but yeah anyway guys awesome. so you can you see there on the on the screen uh, i threw up uh his instagram at pit muay thai um if you guys have um if you guys want to reach out to us please reach out to us and we will connect you with stefan if you have any questions um and you want to you know talk to him about opening up the gym but stefan once again man thank you for coming on uh i think it's a great time to have you on and and a lot of people like i said a lot of people are scared a lot of people are worried uh a lot of people are just trying to figure out what's the best way of reopening their business especially right now during these times um and you know i think bringing some answers um and some kind of common sense approach to Muay Thai and having somebody who knows the game and understands the game is really helpful to to a lot of uh, the listeners that we have. And, uh, you know, for all you guys out there, obviously we wish you nothing but the best and continue in good health and your business continue in good health and can open up doors and people can, can start training. And even though it'll be a little different for a while, um, as you were saying, Stefan, I think the best, the, the, the best thing about it is um, we might be able to set an example and say, hey, you know, we have these fitness centers that you guys were talking about, you know, we are the ones that have had less cases or less issues because we followed certain guidelines. And I think that'll be a good thing for our sport. And I think that's the good thing about the Muay Thai community is how in a lot of ways we're tight knit because we might be small, but we're tight knit and we're all kind of on the same page with a lot of things. And we're discussing things back and forth, whether our opinions are different on where we stand on this uh, our opinion is of the same of getting the sport forward and moving the business forward and, and doing well. So, uh, wish you nothing but the best man. Um, obviously shout out to Patrick Rivera with the NBA and with you working with him. So you guys can also check that out too. And, uh, thank you for coming on, man. Hey, I appreciate you both doing this. Um, you know, this is what the 99th, it's kind of cool. Um, so whoever gets to be the next, I guess that's, is that Corley? He gets he gets the one hundred. Oh, we don't know next? yet. We don't, don't know, know yet. yet. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> but that is pretty awesome. I mean, this has been uh, really successful, and you know, like I think the first time I came on, you know, we were talking about the Muay Thai's life and everything, and yeah. like, and it, and, you know, it, here it is. It still is, you know, for yeah, many yeah. of us. Yeah. Um, and you know, for 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 a lot of us, you know, we we know that it really is. It's not just life; it's a livelihood. Yeah. Um, and you know, anything I can do to help people get back up and running with some confidence. Vinny, with, show with your this. shirt. Show your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Muay Thai is, is essential. It, <laughs> it, is, it is essential. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, man. To, yeah. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Cool. Thanks. Muay Thai Khu Chi Vip. All right, everybody. And that was Stefan Strottmeyer, epidemiologist, uh, Pittsburgh Muay Thai instructor and uh, head of the USMF Judges and Referee Commission. Um, so basically, guys, it was, uh, it was great to talk with Stefan. A lot of a very different show for us. We never obviously we've never gone into sort of serious things like that. And especially with everything going on with with coronavirus. But uh it's it's a weird time, so obviously, and and it was awesome to, like we said uh, multiple times on the podcast. Um, I think both of us had totally forgot that Stefan was an epidemiologist. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of you guys might have uh, done his his survey that he was doing on head trauma for Muay Thai and things like that. So I think we were all under. I was under the impression I was like, oh, you, I, I thought you were something. Uh, related to trauma or something. Um, but, uh, no, he is an epidemiologist. So right now his, obviously his, uh, expertise and his, uh, uh, basically the people that are, that study what he studies are at the forefront right now of everything that's going on with coronavirus and COVID-19. So it's really awesome to have somebody with that expertise, but at the same time it crosses over to Muay Thai because you know that he's going to come from a perspective of, Muay Thai and understanding what Muay Thai owners are worried about, uh, Muay Thai business owners are worried about the gyms and everything and get back up and running. So we hope that the information that you got was of use to you. Um, let us know, you know, hit us up and tell us what you, you know, how you felt about the the episode and uh, also hit him up if you have any questions or concerns. So uh, with that said, guys, um, we will be back in another two weeks with another episode of the Striking Corner podcast. Uh, It'll be our 100th episode. Um, And we are actually very happy to get to 100 uh, after quite a long time. And mostly because that's my fault because I've. Yeah, we've we've been talking about episode 100 for a really long time. It just (laughs) seemed like we'd never get there because you just keep delaying us (laughs) yeah so uh no time like the present to get there um (laughs) so we will be back in two weeks with episode 100 guys you can always reach out to me once again at eric rivera underscore tsc on instagram Vinny, how could they get in touch with you it's on the screen already oh is it can i leave it up there i'm sorry at Vinny scotto and besides that striking corner on all social media platforms uh, we all are we are available on YouTube um, and also uh, where all podcasts are found. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. You've been listening to The Striking Corner with Eric Rivera and Vinny Scotto.